I'm Lauren. And I'm Eric. Over the past year, we've connected dozens of classic She-Ra episodes to modern progressive issues. But we're not done yet. In this second season of our show, I'm no longer a newbie to Etheria. This year, we're taking a higher level view of the characters and issues that face the Princess of Power. We're as interested as ever in how those issues connect to our current political landscape. So join us as we look back to the 80s and forward to the Netflix reboot of one of our favorite cartoons. This, this is, is She-Ra, Progressive, Progressive of Power. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you might have noticed this isn't the live episode that we promised. What's going on? It's a surprise episode. A surprise maybe mini episode? Yeah, this is She-Ra Progressive of Power. And guess what, guys? We made a big mistake. Well, it wasn't really a mistake, but we (laughs) sure were... The creators of the new She-Ra made a big mistake. Yeah, they crossed us (laughs) for the last time. They messed with us. No, we sure are. Like, we didn't know any better, but could have predicted that literally an hour after we released our... Here's our predictions and thoughts for the new Netflix show, uh, like episode. They had a big press release that like laid out so much of what we talked about. So there was no reason for you to listen to our newly released episode because you already had all the secrets. Right. So either like it confirmed what we talked about or mostly it just proved us wrong. So <laughs> now we're going to talk about the actual news, which you can find anywhere on the web. So this won't be too long, but we really felt like we had to address this. Yeah. Before we get started, though, there were I know there was something you really wanted to talk about last episode and you didn't get. To. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So it's kind of political. Uh, there's two things I really want to talk about that you reminded me of, actually. So the first one is, uh, let's talk about Meghan Markle, in case you're not tired of her by now. So you probably woke up early Saturday to watch the royal wedding, or you didn't. Who would or blame you? Or you woke up early to go to your student's graduation and turned it on. That feels, like, specific, but I, I mean, don't I'm, know. I I'm just talking about my personal <laughs> journey, which just, is what everyone really cares about. Just, like, spitballing that someone <laughs> could have that journey. Yeah, I did. I wanted to talk about uh, Meghan Markle, who is now the, what, Duchess of Sussex. She married Prince Harry. She's this super cool lady. Like, again, you probably heard a lot about her, her, but here's what you haven't heard is there's multiple news stories where she talks about how the princess she wanted to be when she grew up was She-Ra, Princess of Power, which is, like, so sweet, and it makes me feel so happy. Uh, you probably know this already, but, like, when she was 11, she challenged Procter & Gamble to, like, de-sexist uh, their ad campaign for one of their, like, detergents, and it actually worked. So, like, from a very young age, she was, like, this crusader for gender equality in media. And uh, now she's royalty. And, like, we kind of talked about on the um, money episode that, you know, America has a weird relationship with royalty. And I'm not saying, like, we should bow down to her. But she's kind of cool. And she wanted to be She-Ra. And that's really cool. I am a big fan of Meghan Markle, both because she is an outspoken feminist and I think will pretty clearly continue to break down gender and racial barriers with this marriage. But also um, she's super fashionable, (laughs) kind of a fashion like a media creator, fashion icon. And I've always really stood by that specific part of my personal brand of feminism, which is you could still be feminine and you could still be girly even when you're trying to kind of break down gender roles. And she really embodies that for me. She is pretty rad. Yeah, she is super rad. So welcome to royalty, Megan. Maybe they'll find room for you on the new She-Ra, but I don't think you can do acting anymore. 
I think she could probably do acting. It would just, you'd have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, right? Well, I know she's not going to be on Suits, which really just put my <laughs> my prospective Suits podcast into a real tailspin. I will say uh, I do not understand why America has a very special relationship with British royalty, but not royalty from other countries. Um, I was only half joking talking to my husband about it, and I was like, I thought the whole point of the American Revolution was we didn't like how they did government and we wanted a different thing. But I guess I guess it's it's both. We can have our democracy and and eat it too. I don't know where I was going with that. It's been so long now. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like people love the celebrity of it all and it almost feels quaint. I don't know. But like certainly this is a very progressive step for the royal family, it seems. I agree. I agree. And anyone who uh didn't think her dress was well-tailored, doesn't know much about fabric. It was well-tailored for what it was. <laughs> yeah, take that, all you naysayers. <laughs> Don't well, say... Welcome to my fashion podcast. Yeah, we got all sorts of podcasts going on. Just about one out of every three commercials is going to say something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings. So Megan took pen in hand and wrote a letter to Procter & Gamble. And just look at that penmanship. So I was wondering if you would be able to change your commercial to people all over America. Here's the shocker. The company actually changed the commercial to say people, not women. The gloves are coming off. People are fighting greasy pots and pans with ivory clear. But Lauren, we have to talk about the big news Friday. Yeah, the big news Friday that made our last podcast basically irrelevant. Uh, hi, though. I, I got to hear through some very special Twitter messages that some of the creators of the new show are, in fact, listening. And now I'm very self-conscious. Yeah, we're sorry we said wrong things about your show. We didn't know that you were going to announce <laughs> real news an <laughs> hour like after an ours hour came later. out. Oops. We didn't mean it. Uh, but yeah, Friday morning at like 10 a.m., Noel Stevenson tweeted out a press release, or not a press release, but like an article from Entertainment Weekly with a cast photo of the real people, a list of the characters they were playing, and the, uh, what would you call it? It's like the basically the synopsis, the pitch for the series. So I'll read that first, which is, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power is the story of an orphan named Adora who leaves behind her former life in the evil horde when she discovers a magic sword that transforms her into the mythical warrior princess She-Ra. Along the way, she finds new family in the rebellion as she unites a group of magical princesses in the ultimate fight against evil. So we actually got some of that right, I think. That, to me, sounds an awful lot like she starts in the horde, just like we thought, and she gets out, but theoretically without the help of He-Man. Yeah, it says she finds or she discovers the sword. So, I don't know, there's some, probably some like off-screen trickery, but it's just going to be there. I imagine the word orphan is probably a red herring in the sense that I think someday we'll find out that she is a princess. But I don't think it's going to be the like episode one He-Man related reveal. Yeah, I still have to feel like probably a big arc of the show is showing, uh, exploring Adora's own royal lineage. But uh, I was talking to my friend and past guest Tom about this, and we realized that if you could really do a lot more than the original show did with this idea that Adora is like ex-Horde, especially with like stories like Jeffrey was telling about how he had to kind of... A few episodes ago, we talked about allyship, and he mentioned how he had to kind of fight against the trends of his home life to 
show his parents that he like was an okay guy. I wonder if there's going to be any of that going on with Adora's story. Yeah, it really opens the door for, I think, much more complex Horde characters in general, too. I'd like to see some complexity with Adora's relationships with them and what they mean to her after she departs. I think it's going to be very cool. So speaking of characters, we have a cast list. Oh, man. So let's talk about who is on it and then who isn't. So here we go. We have... Amy Carrero as She-Ra. We have Jordan Fisher as Seahawk. Marcus Scribner as Bo. Lorraine Toussaint as Shadow Weaver. Sandra Oh as Castus Vela. Karen Fukuhara as Glimmer. AJ Machalka as Katra. Reshma Shetty as Angela. Keston John as Hordak. Lauren Ash as Scorpia. Christine Woods as Entrapta. Genesis Rodriguez as Perfuma. Vela Lovell as Mermista. Merritt Layton as Frosta, and Crystal Joy Brown as Natasa. That's so many characters, and it's exactly what I said I wanted. Uh, where were we correct here? We kind, I kind of stumbled into the fact by saying, like, if even the Horde is just Hordak plus all the Princess of Power villains, that would be cool. That's exactly what it is. No Leech, no Mantena, no Grizzlore. We have the one Masters of the Universe guy, which is Hordak, and then we have Katra. Scorpia, and of course, Shadow Weaver. Our favorite character is here. Yes. Oh, and uh, Entrapta, which I, I forgot about her, but she's here too. Yeah, those are the ones that are most surprising to me. There's a couple extra obscure characters. For me, it's uh, Perfuma. Perfuma struck me so heartily as a character that was made just for there to be a toy that she didn't strike me as super necessary to the lore. And so I'm excited that they, they're going this deep. Yeah, and you were right to call out how many of the characters are princesses. Did you notice looking at this cast list, there's three men. It's Bo and Hordak and then Seahawk, which I suppose is not surprising. I I think I'm surprised. Um, I was hesitant on the last episode to agree with you that there was even going to be a Bo. And we have both Bo and Seahawk, so... Okay, thumbs up, I guess. I, I will also point out no Madam Raz. No Madam Raz, no Spirit or Swiftwind... No Cowl, no Broom, no He-Man. So uh, I don't love that I'm, I was kind of correct in calling Madame Raz, but I then stand by my sort of asterisk, which is hopefully we'll put some age diversity elsewhere in the show. I'm not ready to say Swiftwind isn't here. Right. Swiftwind may just not speak. Yeah. Our, our friend Jacob uh, pointed out to us when he was... What what code was he looking into? The code of the like the actual Entertainment Weekly. Oh, that, yeah, like someone put a unicorn in the code. I, yeah. I don't understand these things. There's, but. Un, there's been unicorn imagery a couple of times. Even when the creators of the show talk on Twitter, they're using unicorn emojis. And so I have to think Swiftwind is here. Might not be a talker is all. I'll say as far as age diversity, I went and creeped on the Instagram and Twitter of every person in this cast to see what they had to say about it. It made me really happy. I'll get to that in a second. First of all, this cast is, like, amazingly diverse. There's no white men at all. Uh, it's almost all women of color. There's a couple white women. But, like, that's just so great that representation is so uh, key. It is a lot of young women, in particular Merritt Layton, who plays Frosta, like, stood out to me because we thought, oh, maybe they'll age up Frosta because she's a little more sure of herself. No, she's probably the youngest person on this cast, actually. 
Yeah, I was looking specifically because I'm a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fan at Mermista, and everything that I've seen on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend out of uh, Vela, is it Lovell, Lavelle? Either way, her character on that show is very snarky and sort of uh, very chill, very cool, even sort of sarcastic, and I'm very curious to see if that's what they turn Mermista into or if she gets to play something entirely different this time around. Yeah, shout out to the pedigree of these actresses. Uh, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I love Superstore, which Lauren Ash is on. Uh, I love The Good Place, which Keston John has guest starred on. And I have to mention the Goldbergs. If you are my friend on Facebook, you know that I have a very funny relationship with the Goldbergs. But AJ Machalka, I'll forgive you. You mentioned that that there was a curse, and I did not know what you were talking okay, about. Okay, so sidebar. Uh, flashback to 2013, the day the Goldbergs show premiered. I was younger and shittier on the internet, and I just tweeted after, like, watching 10 minutes, like, this show sucks, everyone's shitty to each other, so why should I care to watch it? Literally, that was all I tweeted, never thought about Goldbergs again. Three years later, so 2016, I get a tweet from an account, the real Erica G, replying to that tweet, saying, Goldbergs is the number one network comedy don't you feel sad for wasting your life? And I didn't even remember tweeting the first thing, but then it blew up into this whole big thing where I thought like, because it's based on a real family, I thought like the real Erica Goldberg was trolling me. Turns out there isn't a real Erica Goldberg. There's an Eric Goldberg, and this is a fan account that exists solely to harass people who tweet bad things about the Goldbergs. Also, it is not the number one network comedy on TV. I don't believe it ever has been. Um, but that's okay. AJ Machaka, welcome to the Princesses of Power. What a strange thing to have happened, specifically because when that sort of trolling harassment account was created, that person dug deep. They just went back, back, back. Right. Three years. And look, like, to her credit, it. I've since become of the school that, like, if you don't have something nice to say, don't even tweet it. Like, I wouldn't just slam the Goldbergs for no good reason. But in 2013, I did. And then three years later, it became a whole thing. Every year on Facebook, I post the anniversary thread of just this ridiculousness of her arguing with all my friends. It was very, very funny. Anyway, uh, Goldberg's curse. That's why our news episode got scooped. <laughs> Thank you for dragging me into this hole with you. Sorry. Uh, I will say the probably smaller amount of Googling than you that I've done, there's enough competently musical people on this cast that I'm wondering, I just really want there to be a couple of songs, I guess is what I'm saying. That's a great point. Yeah, we have people whose credits are strictly uh, even musicals, which is great. Uh, and I mean, going back to age diversity for a second. So we have a couple more, I guess, veteran actors and actresses. Um, Sandra, uh, yeah, Sandra O oh is Castaspella. Um, Lorraine Toussaint, of course, is Shadow Weaver. And then Reshma Shetty is Angela. So we've got a few. Like, it's not just all teenagers on the cast. You know what I mean? But yeah, and Angela's animation not looking old enough to be Glimmer's mother was a critique of mine. So that bodes well. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I want to talk about, uh, in particular, one of the cast members, Crystal Joy Brown, whose credit that I see listed on the press release is Motown the Musical. I am I am not super familiar with um, Ms. Brown, but as I said, I went to everyone's Instagram page just to read what they had to say about the show. And this was the one that made me the happiest. And I think completely this is this validates everything Lauren's been saying about the show. Crystal says... Net, at Netflix and at DreamWorks, She-Ra is just so good. I cannot even begin to tell you. As a big fan of Sailor Moon and kick-butt female superheroes growing up, this show is a total game-changer for cartoons, and the diverse, inclusive storytelling is right on time. What a proud moment this is, and I cannot wait until the world gets to see this incredible storytelling. It's funny, smart, sweet, fresh, and new. Exactly what the world needs. Honored to be a part of this show. And she's playing Natasa, by the way, who is the only <laughs> character of color. Uh, in the original She-Ra, probably not true anymore, but we saw her get painted by a uh, Twiggit and then disappear with no lines. Yikes. So this time, hopefully, she'll have lines. But I thought that was a very lovely thing that she wrote on Instagram, and I think it's exactly what we've been saying this whole time. It is. It warms my heart so deeply, and also sort of on the other end of the emotional spectrum. I'm just getting out my internet swords right now, because I will tell you what— uh, there are a lot of people who I've seen in comment sections already being like, God, I hope when they say it's going to be modern that they just make it good and don't fill it with SJW crap. And a couple of times I started jumping into threads to be like, what did you think the original show was about? I have a whole podcast about this. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And I've actually really tried to hold myself back. But, man, I'm... There's going to be so many fights. There's going to be so many fights with people who apparently just weren't watching with an intelligent eye the first time around. It's very clear where we're going with this show. See, and that's that's interesting because I, I've seen mostly positivity, but I guess I don't wade into comment sections as much. I And I myself am just so excited and everyone I've talked to about this that cares at all. Is so excited. These are not any. This is not anyone on any of like my friends list. For sure. For, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, like I was in this warm glow all of Friday. And I mean, even Noel Stevenson, the um, co-executive producer, uh, who <laughs> every article points out, like she wasn't born when the original she was out. She goes, she was ahead of its time. I'm so excited to bring these stories of female power and love and friendship back now when it seems like we need them more than ever. Like everyone gets it. And again, not to make this about us, but it seems like what we saw on this show a year ago they saw around the same time. They've been working on this probably longer than we've been working on this show. And damn, I wish we would have known sooner. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just get to time the reveal with our season finale party again. Yeah, I can't wait to see what news they like. They'll probably drop an episode Friday and we'll have this like other preview episode and they'll be like totally useless. Yeah, our friend JB and former guest. Uh, on Twitter when I said last episode, I think we're going to go on hiatus for a little bit. We're going to wait till the new show comes out. JB was like, oh, wonderful. You're going to get a break. Enjoy your hiatus. Oh, there might not be one. Yeah, I don't know. My guess is like probably September, October. But the other thing that Lauren reminded me of last week, not on mic, that I wanted to say is like, hey, guys, we love what you're doing. We are all about this. Like, Lauren is ready to defend the, your show on message boards. All we ask in return is, let us write an episode. We're pretty good writers. That's what I was saying. Okay, I, this is... The, Eric, what I want to say about this is 
early, early, early on, the day we found out there was going to be a new She-Ra show, Eric was like, maybe we can write for it. And then in the last episode of this podcast, I got framed as the obsessed like stalker of this new show. Shut up, Eric. You Just because all... you're all friends with them and I'm not, because I'm not on Twitter. It's probably for the best. Twitter is a terrible hole. I know. It makes me sad. But like on the real, though, like I understand... First of all, let it be known that I said that before I realized, like, the immensity of talent that was working on this show already. That said, like, I'm a pretty good writer. I've got years and years of storytelling chops behind me and a pretty good resume. So, hey, hit us up. You know, we don't even have to. We'll just pitch a story by and you guys can write it. (laughs) We'll fly out to L.A. on my dime. We'll pitch you guys, like, ten stories. Pick your favorite. Give us a story by. We'll buy you lunch. How about it? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Eric, I saw this work in love, in Netflix's love with Gus. You're putting a lot of financial <laughs> obligation words in my mouth. No, no, no. I said I'll pay for okay. it. Don't worry about it. This is my dream. Now you're part of my dream. I mean, that's kind of the whole, this whole podcast is that, isn't it? True. <laughs> Lauren becomes a part of Eric's dream. Yeah. The podcast. But like, I don't know. How excited are you for this show? Like the most excited, right? I'm the most excited, uh... In an actual consumer of media and lover of Sailor Moon and feminist stories kind of way. And I'm also just excited to, I think, be right about the artistic direction and the messages of this upcoming program. I like being right. I'm, I'm a real self-righteous person. I'm like so excited that I, I don't. I don't know what this show would have to do for me not to like it. Because I feel like everything I've read so far and everything I've seen... It's just like they get why I still love She-Ra, and so they're going to have me for sure. So maybe the best question to end on this for you, Lauren, is like, let's go back to a year ago. Let's say I never emailed you and said, hey, I want to do this She-Ra show with you. You would have, at this point, become aware of this announcement. Yeah. What would you, where would the non-She-Ra fan Lauren be with all of this? I think if it just came onto my radar, I'd be like, wow, there's some cool actors that I know. That art looks great. It kind of reminds me of some art that's been good uh, for other recent hit shows, other recent progressive cartoons specifically. This looks like it's worth checking out. And that probably would have been it. But I say that as a person who now owns a sort of protection... Uh, a ring of Shiraz tiara, two enamel pins, two t-shirts, and this show. So it's really hard to imagine that reality. For sure. But, like, you would have made a note to at least, like, oh, when that comes out on Netflix, I'll watch it, which is kind of what I did for Voltron. Yeah, super, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to see this. But it was like, oh, that's cool. They're bringing that back. Like, I am interested But the team, the talent behind this and all the words around it make me think that they're taking it seriously as like a cultural artifact coming out in 2018. And that's awesome. And it makes me so happy. And I hope that little girls and boys and non-gender specific children all around the world love it. Yeah, I know that we have a couple of uh, past guests who have children and are looking forward to showing it to their kids to the point where I'm wondering if... Obviously not for our party tomorrow, because our party tomorrow is not going to be family friendly. But if maybe our last party, we invite kids to watch the show with us, I think that would be the most special. Yeah. Also, Lauren and I don't totally have a format worked out for next season yet. Um, So if you have ideas, message us. We're all ears. 
Right, yeah, we might go episode by episode, but Netflix is meant for binging. So, you know, if you would listen to us talk for eight hours, we'll just do that too one time and that'll be a season. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. <laughs> but there's lots of options. But yeah, I don't I don't know if there's super much else to say. I just wanted to make it clear that we're not total dummies. Like we just missed the boat on the big news by about an hour last time. Uh, is there anything that you haven't heard on the announcement that you want to know Ooh. or are interested in? I mean, I want to know everything literal everything i think no i mean i'm just like i'm gonna eagerly await more news i'm excited to see character models and to hear clips but like i'm just ready to bask in the glow of like knowing this is happening with like a young vibrant awesome creative team how about you yeah i Anything I want to know is going to be a slow burn, and it's meant to be a slow burn. Um, One of my favorite people in the world is my mother-in-law, and the first time she watched Battlestar Galactica, she watched, like, the pilot episodes and then turned to my husband and I to ask, well, who are the Cylons? And we were like, Mom, that's the whole show. (laughs) Like, we can't tell you who the Cylons are. That's the whole show. You have to watch and find out. And so I'm like, oh, my God. What's her origin story? But, like, I'm sure that's the whole show. One more thing that I have to talk about, and it's literally only because on the way here, I happened to, while I was eating a McDonald's Happy Meal, catch the uh, the back of my She-Ra and He-Man Bible. And it mentions, where is it? Uh, He-Man and She-Ra entranced a generation of boys and girls all around the world, blah, 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 offering not only cartoon excitement, but also important moral guidance. And I remembered that uh, Gullstreak on Twitter, the character designer for the new show, (laughs) uh, murdered me online with a meme where uh, Lucky was hidden in the poster, the new poster. He wasn't actually. uh, (laughs) Someone, like, chopped it in, yeah. But... It made me think, like, A, is there going to be a Loki equivalent in this show? And B, if not, will there be a sort of moral button? My personal prediction is they're going to just put morals and ethics into the plots and into the characters. But that was such an iconic part of this show that I'm wondering what you think. That's true. And we talked about this with Russell, too. And we kind of settled on, you know, if we're talking efficacy... It's better to just put the moral into the story than to tack it on. Like, just let it organically develop and kids will get it. But because He-Man kind of coexists with G.I. Joe as, like, these are the cartoons that had morals, I feel like there will at least be a wink and a nod somewhere. It would tickle me greatly if Loki was hidden in some of the episodes but literally never acknowledged. It was just there for us nerds. Uh, But if he's not, I guess that's the episode you can write, Eric. You can write the Lucky episode. Oh, uh, I'll call it Lucky Still Lends a Hand. (laughs) Guys, I'm a really good writer. Most creative guy I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really good writer. For listening to Shira, Progressive of Power. If you like our show, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We super appreciate it. You can also send in any feedback you have to our email address, progressiveofpower at gmail.com. 
or to our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash progressive of power. For the 